there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jim and Kathy Bellinger were asleep in their tent when the first explosion ripped through the air. It was the week of August 14, 1994, and the Bellingers were camping with their dog. They'd picked a site on the beach near Ocean Shores, Washington. Startled by the echoing blasts, the two hurriedly exited the tent and staggered outside, searching for the source of the blast. The waxing quarter moon did little to illuminate the shoreline. Another explosion boomed in the distance, this time from further away. Still shaking off sleep, the Bellingers were bewildered. They speculated that a ship had been in an accident at sea, or a transformer in a coastal town had blown up. Their dog barked and sprinted to the water's edge, disappearing from view. Jim ran after him then shouted for Kathy to follow. He'd spotted something on the beach. She hurried across the sand, but stopped short when she saw the shore. It was like a war zone. The spider-like bodies of hundreds of king crabs littered the sand, their shells shattered. Some floated in the shallows, bobbing like corks in the softly lapping water. Scattered along the beach, nearly invisible in the dark of night, were hundreds of small piles of clear, jelly-like goo. Meanwhile, 50 miles away, the people of Oakville, Washington, saw similar blobs fall from the sky. Little did the Bellingers know, their sighting would drag them into one of the region's strangest mysteries and a possible government cover-up. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a ParCast original. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Unexplained Mysteries for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Unexplained Mysteries in the search bar. This is our final episode on the Oakville Blobs. 
In the summer of 1994, gelatinous blobs rained down six times over Oakville, Washington, and caused a spate of mysterious illnesses. Despite multiple lab tests, no one has ever discovered what the blobs were or where they came from. Last week, we traced the timeline of the blob falls in Oakville residents' quest for answers. Those scientists found white blood cells and bacteria floating in the mysterious goo. They couldn't determine who put the cells there or why. This week, we'll explore some possible explanations for this otherworldly event. Maybe Oakville was the unlucky victim of a freak storm or an illegal waste dump. Or perhaps it was ground zero for a cover-up so extensive we're still peeling back the layers almost three decades later. When the Bellingers came upon the King Crab graveyard in August 1994, they didn't quite know what to think. They eventually assumed the gooey balls that covered the beach were pieces of jellyfish tossed ashore by the mysterious explosions. Meanwhile, a similar substance carpeted Oakville. Their blobs rained from the sky with no explanation, covering 20 square miles of the town in clear gelatin. The two blob fallouts seemed related, but were geographically isolated. No one reported any unexplained goop in the 50 miles between Oakville and Ocean Shores, nor could anyone come up with a common explanation for both incidents. Some Oakville residents joked that somehow jellyfish had traveled from the deep ocean to fall on the small timberline town. When news of the Bellinger's discovery reached Oakville, people took the jellyfish explanation more seriously. This brings us to our first theory, that the term Oakville blobs was a misnomer. They were actually Oakville jellies. Jellyfish from the Pacific Ocean were sucked into the sky and rained down over Oakville, causing illness among the populace. In the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Washington state, an alien world lurks just beneath the surface. Here during the summer months, jellyfish bloom or gather in large groups close to the coast. Normally, the blooms drift peacefully and eventually return to the sea. But in August 1994, the U.S. Air Force conducted test bombing runs just off of Ocean Shores, Washington. For the exercise, the 354th Fighter Squadron took off from McCord Air Force Base. They flew 100 miles to Ocean Shore, where they dropped their charges in the sea. The explosions decimated the jellyfish blooms, blowing pieces of the creatures into the sky. The remains could have been sucked up into passing storm clouds and later fell on Oakville. Though it sounds outlandish, this wouldn't be the first time animals rained down from above. Since ancient times, the incredible phenomenon of animal rain has captured the human imagination. Everything from frogs and fish to golf balls and coffee creamer have poured down from the sky. 
In many of these cases, the explanation for the strange precipitation is simple. When wind, rain, and air pressure are all just right, water spouts can form over bodies of water. These are weaker than tornadoes, but have similar locomotive and destructive power. Sometimes, water spouts pick up fish or frogs and suck them into the clouds. The next time it rains or snows, the animals fall down with the precipitation. Washington state has heavy annual rainfall and lots of stormy weather. Possibly, shortly after the Air Force's bombing runs, a water spout formed over the ocean and sucked up the jellyfish remains that were blown into the air. This theory would explain why the blobs only fell during storms. It also accounts for another effect of the blobs, the widespread mysterious illness that afflicted anyone who touched them. The most common jellyfish along the Washington coast are translucent moon jellies and yellow-tinged fried egg jellyfish. The latter is named for the yellow, yolk-like coloration at the center of their bells, giving the appearance of a fried egg. Neither of these jellies are very poisonous, and humans would only feel a mild burning sensation from most stings. But stings on sensitive areas, or even accidental ingestion of their venomous cells, could cause nausea and vomiting. The area is also home to the much more dangerous lion's mane jelly and sea nettle. Both have powerful stinging tentacles and are much more dangerous than moon jellies or fried egg jellyfish. The sea nettle's venom alone can paralyze small fish and feels like a bee sting to humans. If these jellies were blown apart in an explosion and then rained down over Oakville, perhaps their toxins were then absorbed by people who touched them. As unlikely as it may sound at first, the jellyfish theory makes sense. The town's residents seem to think so too. One local bar even invented a custom drink called the jellyfish, made of gelatin, vodka, and juice. But Sonny Barcliff, the woman who led the investigation of the blobs, didn't buy the explanation when she heard it after the first blob fall. And as August continued and the blobs returned on multiple occasions, the holes in the jellyfish hypothesis became more transparent. The Oakville blobs rained down a total of six times in August 1994. In Sonny's opinion, this didn't line up with the jellyfish theory. It's possible a bloom of jellyfish was blown to pieces and sucked up into a water spout. But she argued that if that had happened, the jellies would only fall with precipitation once. According to National Geographic's Carol Sue Michelisio, when animal rains occur, the storm clouds empty in stages. The first thing to fall is the heaviest material, which in this case means the animals. The rain follows after. So the fact that the blobs descended with the rain suggests they didn't come from the clouds, or the jellyfish pieces had to weigh about the same as the raindrops. That means every blob had to be about one one-thousandth of an ounce, the equivalent to a grain of rice. It's possible that some tiny, lightweight jellyfish blobs were sucked into the clouds and didn't fall during the first rainstorm. 
but this still wouldn't explain six separate blobfalls. If they all came from the same cluster of clouds over the course of three weeks, they wouldn't land in the exact same town. Just like a hurricane moves along a storm path, any remaining blobs would have traveled with the clouds. Since there were no other reports of mysterious blobs raining in other towns during that August, we know microscopic jellyfish bits didn't stay in the sky for long. So the Oakville blobs weren't the result of a single water spout. For this theory to work, jellies would have to have been sucked into the sky six separate times. Since this was already a freak occurrence, it's too unlikely that it would happen on multiple occasions in the same region in one month. Not only that, but Oakville is 50 miles inland from where the bomb tests were conducted. It's extremely implausible that the clouds containing the jellyfish parts would travel that far before finally raining down as blobs. Although animal rain hasn't been extensively studied or tracked by meteorologists, normally the creatures fall relatively close to where they were sucked up. If the blobs were a type of animal rain, they should have showered an area closer to the coast. There's also the issue of the stench, or in this case, the lack thereof. If the Oakville blobs were recently deceased jellyfish, they would smell. If they were very fresh, they might have a briny scent like the sea they came from. But remember, these hypothetical jellyfish remains traveled 50 miles to Oakville. They'd have begun decomposing the moment they were blown to pieces. By the time they rained down on the town, the decaying jelly would smell like, well, a dead animal. But no one in Oakville ever reported smelling anything. Additionally, there's one last puzzle piece that isn't explained by the jellyfish theory. If these were jellyfish pieces, why did multiple scientists find human and bacterial cells inside the blobs? Over the course of five different analyses, scientists found human white blood cells in the blobs, as well as bacteria normally found in the human gut. There's no way these cells could have lived in any other species, which means the blobs weren't jellyfish. While the presence of human cells discredits the jellyfish argument, it bolsters another theory. Some residents of Oakville believe that the blobs came from a more sinister source. They were illegally dumped on the town by commercial airplanes. The human cells were present because the blobs came from human waste. Coming up, the grosser side of flybys. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Now, back to the story. After the unexplained blob rains in August 1994, many Oakville citizens theorized the falling goo came from deceased jellyfish. But the presence of human and bacterial cells inside the blobs suggested they could only come from a person. The lab at McCleary Hospital identified human white blood cells floating in the blobs. White blood cells were also found by epidemiologist Mike McDowell at the Washington State Health Lab. Mike Osweiler, the head of the Hazardous Materials Spills Response Team at the Washington State Department of Ecology, also discovered white blood cells in his specimen. Additionally, Mike McDowell discovered Pseudomonas fluorescence, which can live on human skin. He also found Enterobacter cloacae, which thrives in the human intestinal system. Both Osweiler and another researcher, Tim Davis, suspected that the blobs came from people. Somehow, someone had shed cells high in the sky only for them to rain down on Oakville. Osweiler and Davis theorized that the blobs came from commercial airplane toilets. Oakville sits under a number of flight paths. The town is 77 miles southeast of the Seattle-Tacoma International Airport and 107 miles directly north of the Portland Airport. So aircraft had the opportunity to dump excess waste over Oakville. But when a toilet is used on board a plane, the excrement isn't released into the air to fall to the ground below. Instead, it's flushed into a sewage tank. When the aircraft lands, the tank is removed, emptied at the airport, and replaced. The FAA forbids all commercial airlines from dropping refuse mid-flight. But the threat of fines or restrictions hasn't stopped some companies. Even today, stories abound of jets allegedly dumping waste in residential areas. On February 26, 2012, Artie Hughes and his wife were eating dinner on the back deck of their Long Island home. It was an unseasonably mild night, and they were happy to be outside enjoying the nice weather together. A plane flew overhead, taking off from the nearby JFK airport. As it passed, raindrops fell on the Hughes' backyard. Suddenly, Mrs. Hughes screamed. She held her hand to her face where a droplet of oily black sludge clung to her skin. The dreck had splattered on the table, the grill, their clothes, everything. Thinking at first that the plane might be leaking fuel, Artie dialed 911. The dispatcher on the other end of the line quickly countered with disgusting news. They'd been doused in treated sewage. A few quick calls to the New York Port Authority and the Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA, confirmed what the dispatcher had said. The Hugheses were the victims of a disgusting downpour. If Oakville was the site of a similar incident, this would also explain the mysterious illness that swept through the town. Human waste can contain many toxic organisms. 
Bacteria like E. coli and Salmonella often live in our intestines without causing issues. However, they're dangerous when ingested through the mouth or absorbed through the nose or eyes. Most commonly, people contract E. coli or Salmonella infections after eating improperly cooked or cleaned food. When you come into contact with this bacteria, touching your face or neck without washing your hands can transfer it to your mouth. When swallowed, the harmful microorganisms can cause dizziness, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and fever. Complaining of exactly those symptoms, Oakvillians flocked to McCleary Hospital in the days after the blob fallouts. Dr. Little initially diagnosed his patients with a type of inner ear infection called Meniere's disease. When he later learned of the airline waste theory, he agreed that it sounded like a probable cause for the symptoms. He even went a step further, blaming antifreeze in the airline toilets for the more severe symptoms. Most airline chemical toilets are treated with antifreeze to keep the waste from icing over at a high altitude. If it were left to freeze inside the plane, it could damage the storage tank and possibly leak out. Antifreeze ingestion or contamination can cause a loss of coordination, dizziness, fatigue, nausea, and vomiting, all symptoms reported by Oakville residents. Antifreeze in the blobs could also explain why some animals, like Dottie Hearn's kitten, died after ingesting them. If left untreated, severe antifreeze poisoning can lead to kidney failure and eventual death. This occurs 24 to 72 hours after initial contact with the antifreeze. Dottie Hearn's kitten passed away three days after first eating a blob, exactly fitting that timeline. So the facts lined up. Mike Osweiler, Mike McDowell, and Dr. David Little all thought that an airplane waste dump could explain the enigmatic Oakville blobs. Armed with this information, Sonny Barcliffe called the FAA in mid-August 1994. Sonny reached Dick Meyer, the spokesman for the FAA based in Seattle, Washington. She described the blobs and explained the symptoms of the people in town. Meyer's response was disappointing. Whatever the blobs were, they were unequivocally not airline waste. Meyer had three definitive reasons why he believed the airlines weren't to blame. The first had to do with regulations. According to Meyer, planes would never intentionally drop their waste. Most pilots don't even have a means to release it while inside the cockpit. Almost all dumping incidents are accidental and incur heavy fines and restrictions. Therefore, airplane waste jettisons are rare, and most alleged cases have alternative explanations. An FAA investigation in 2015 found that the messy incident at the Hughes' residence wasn't caused by an airplane. Unfortunately for the Hughes, Experts weren't able to determine what the sludge really was. But one of the deciding factors in the investigation was the color of the muck. It was black and oily. Which brings us to Meyer's second point. Airplane sewage is blue. When human waste enters an airline toilet, it mixes with a chemical deodorizer called Anotech. Nicknamed Blue Juice, 
Anotech is the same chemical found in porta potties. As a result, waste from planes is dyed a bright shade of blue. It wouldn't be clear like the Oakville blobs or black like the falling waste in Long Island. Meyer admitted that it's sometimes possible on rare occasions for airline waste to leak out and fall to the ground. However, this wouldn't look anything like the blobs. Meyer explained that commercial aircraft designed in the 1960s and 1970s were notorious for issues with their plumbing systems. The average service life of a commercial airplane is 25 years, so it's reasonable to think some planes flying over Oakville in 1994 were built in the 1960s or 1970s. Inside these planes, the internal valves connecting their pipes and tanks were prone to leaks and treated waste sometimes seeped out. This blue liquid then oozed across the plane's exterior. When it made contact with the air, it would freeze into blue ice that stuck to the body of the airplane. During the plane's descent, this blue ice could break off and careen towards the ground. Though most blue ice melts long before it reaches terra firma, some larger chunks survive the fall. If the Oakville blobs were caused by airline dumping, they'd look like pieces of bright blue ice. There's no reason for an airplane's waste to fall as small, clear blobs of gelatin. And the ice would only rain down once per flight. This brings us to Meyer's third reason why the blobs couldn't be airline waste, the frequency of their appearance. As we mentioned, the blobs pelted Oakville six times over the course of three weeks. For blue ice to reach the ground, it would have to have fallen off of a plane flying just low enough that the ice wouldn't melt on its way down. For it to happen six times, there had to have been six leaking, low-flying planes in August 1994. Each of those would miraculously have blue ice plummet all the way to Earth without melting. That sounds pretty unlikely. This theory also doesn't explain why the blobs only fell during rainstorms. If they came from planes, they'd come down rain or shine. According to Dick Meyer, it was absolutely impossible for the Oakville blobs to be human waste from a commercial airliner. However, he did have an idea of what they were. He explained that the FAA only regulated waste disposal from commercial planes, but the blobs may have been dumped as part of a military exercise. However, this only raised another unsettling question for Sonny. If the military had accidentally dumped waste material over Oakville, they would have tried to clean it up. Unless it wasn't an accident. Perhaps Oakville wasn't a dump site. It was a target. Coming up, we'll debate whether the Oakville blobs were part of a much larger government conspiracy. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on-brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. 
I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Now, back to the story. Mysterious blobs rained down in Oakville in August 1994. They carried strange bacteria as well as fear, uncertainty, and speculation. Researchers believed that they could be jellyfish or human waste dumped illegally from passenger planes flying overhead. But another explanation existed one that perhaps sounded too outlandish to consider. But with many covert operations, the truth is stranger than fiction. The week of August 14, 1994, Jim and Kathy Bellinger woke to the unmistakable sounds of a bombing raid. They witnessed a weapons test conducted out of nearby McCord Air Force Base. At first, this knowledge supported the theory that the military had blown jellyfish into the sky and that was the source of the blobs. But soon enough, some Oakville residents came to believe that artillery wasn't the only thing the Air Force was testing. In interviews on the television show Unsolved Mysteries, Oakville residents expressed concern that they were in a plot straight out of a dystopian novel. They feared the government had used their small town to test the efficacy of biological weapons. Locals Sonny Barcliffe and Dottie Hearn claimed that during the summer of 1994, they sighted many military aircraft hovering above Oakville. Bombers and black helicopters flew slowly over the town. Many passed at low altitude, disturbing the citizens below. According to Oakville resident Maurice Gobey, prior to the blob fallouts, the town was often a target of Air Force testing. He told Unsolved Mysteries, they let off things in the air all the time here. There's testing done all over the place. There are lots of places you can't go into. Unfortunately, Gobey didn't go into detail about what those experiments entailed or where he got his information. But we know the Air Force tested bombs 50 miles away from Oakville in Ocean Shores. This is an undisputed fact confirmed by the military. But if they were only testing at Ocean Shores, it seems like Oakvillians wouldn't have seen military aircraft so often. To fly from the McCord Air Force Base to Ocean Shores, Aircraft must travel approximately 100 miles due east. Ocean Shores is practically on the same latitude as McCord, perhaps only a degree further south. Oakville, on the other hand, is roughly 25 miles south of the latitudinal line between McCord and Ocean Shores. To pass over Oakville while traveling between the base and the coast, any military aircraft would have to fly in a giant curve 
they'd be forced to go at least 25 miles out of their way to fly over Oakville. The bombers and helicopters Dottie and Sonny witnessed wouldn't pass directly over Oakville if they were heading straight to the ocean. This means they must have flown over Oakville for another reason. Their unorthodox flight path points to a shocking possibility that the ocean shore's bombing runs were merely a cover story. Instead, they hypothesized that the Air Force specifically targeted Oakville, and the real weapons being tested weren't bombs, but blobs. The goo's chemical makeup bolsters this theory. Five different times, independent researchers tested the Oakville blobs. Some identified white blood cells floating in the goo, and one even discovered a white blood cell with no nucleus, something that shouldn't occur in nature. Mike Osweiler at the Washington State Department of Ecology also uncovered two types of bacteria that could be harmful if ingested. Because the germs would naturally die outside a human body, Osweiler believed that the goo was a man-made matrix. It was a vehicle, and someone was using it to transport dangerous bacteria. Osweiler's beliefs, coupled with the frequent military flyovers, make it simple to connect the dots. The United States military might have designed the blobs to carry biological weapons in the form of bacteria. Throughout August 1994, this version of the story goes, military planes allegedly dropped blobs containing mildly toxic bacteria over the town. The military then monitored the symptoms of Oakvillians who fell ill to track the effectiveness of the bioweapon. If this theoretical test run went well, they'd end up with a model for biological attacks on other countries. If the blobs wreaked havoc on Oakville containing only gut bacteria, imagine the destruction they could cause if implanted with anthrax, SARS, or Ebola. But in order for the test to work, the military had to keep it a secret. So when they believed that Mike Osweiler was getting too close to the truth, they intervened. One morning while researching the blobs, Osweiler unlocked his laboratory at the Department of Ecology. He planned to test the blob sample he kept in the lab, but quickly discovered that his specimen was missing. When he questioned his supervisor about the lost sample, they reportedly responded, do not ask. Osweiler's lab was overseen by the state of Washington. As a government-owned lab rather than a private one, it's very possible that the Air Force could have asked the supervisor to confiscate Osweiler's specimen. Whatever happened at Osweiler's lab seems to point to some kind of cover-up, and the government is as likely a culprit as any. In fact, when examining all the hard facts about Oakville, this theory fits together like a puzzle. Someone could have purposely implanted dangerous cells inside the Oakville blobs to cause illness. The blobs rained down on residential areas after dropping from military planes and helicopters flying overhead. Once people began to investigate the goo, the tests were shut down to avoid scandal. This would explain why the blob falls started and ended abruptly, 
it was all part of the cover-up. The biological weapon theory even addresses the one factor that has disqualified every other theory, the frequency of the blob falls. Experiments need to be repeated, so if the goo was part of a test, the military would have dropped the blobs multiple times over Oakville. The timing of the repetition checks out too. Each time the blobs fell, they came down during a rainstorm. The Air Force probably would have wanted to release the blobs under cloud cover. The storm and rain partially or completely obscured any military aircraft. Additionally, if the blobs fell with the rain, it would be more difficult to determine when exactly they started to descend. So even if someone did spot the military aircraft, they wouldn't necessarily connect it to the blobs. It was the perfect scheme. And as the years passed, more Oakvillians believed that this was the only possible explanation for the blobs. In 1997, when Unsolved Mysteries ran a story on the incident, multiple townspeople mentioned their suspicions of the government. Officer David Lacey, Dottie Hearn, and Maurice Gobey all told the show they thought the military was involved. Beverly Roberts, another victim of the blobs, said... Maybe we were a biological experiment of some kind, a small one, maybe just to get people a little bit sick, to find out, say, if an enemy did come over here with a biological bomb or something and dropped it, maybe it was just a test run to see how, what would happen. Sonny Barcliffe ultimately agreed that the blobs were part of a government conspiracy. In 2015, she left a comment in the Facts Legends website after they published a piece on the blobs, saying, Over the years, I have held some information close to me. Very little about it has been released to the press. However, two years ago, some information surfaced on the Internet that led me to the conclusion that the Oakville event was, in fact, a continuity exercise conducted by the military. Sonny and Beverly aren't alone. Today, many Oakvillians are convinced that the blobs were part of an Air Force bioweapons test. However, in the years since, no concrete evidence has appeared that would definitively prove this idea to be true. This raises a few questions about the validity of the theory. For instance, no similar blob fallouts have been cited anywhere else in the United States. If the military was, in fact, testing a new weapon, it feels unlikely they'd stop after one trial. They'd want all the data they could get. For that matter, there have never been any reports of similar blobs falling internationally. Apparently, American forces haven't tried to attack their targets with bacteria-carrying blobs. Finally, for a covert military operation, the Oakville Blob incident isn't very secret. In 1994, approximately 493 people lived in Oakville. Each of them was affected by the rain of blobs, either because they witnessed it or because they became sick. When resident Sonny Barksdale investigated the goo, she notified people at McCleary Hospital and other research labs. The news spread far and wide, making it to the press. 
Even after Osweiler's sample went missing, there was never any apparent effort to stop word about the blobs from getting out. For a government cover-up, the government didn't do much to, well, cover up the fallout of the Oakville blob incident. It's also unlikely that an operation of this scope would never have a single leak in over two decades. If the Oakville blobs were a top-secret experiment, they relied on the silence of any Air Force personnel who were aware of the drops, including pilots, coordinators, and supervisors. Then there are the researchers who designed the blobs and implanted them with bacteria. We're talking a lot of people who'd have to be in on it. And they all stayed silent. If the Oakville blobs truly were part of a weapons test, it's miraculous that no one has come forward with proof by now. Surely someone on the inside would have said something. But today, we have just as many questions as we did in 1994. In the decades since they fell to Earth, the Oakville blobs have never definitively been explained. Perhaps they were a freak natural accident. Or maybe they were the result of an illegal waste dump. But the most likely answer remains the most mind-boggling, that the blobs were part of an experiment testing biological weapons on the American people. The only thing this theory lacks is hard evidence to prove it. As of today, no records or logs exist connecting the McCord Air Force Base bombing runs to germ warfare. But perhaps, someday, this evidence will finally come to light. We've seen it before with atrocities like the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. 25 years after the experiments, newspapers finally broke the story in 1972. They proved the United States had performed unethical medical testing on its own black citizens. In 1973, for the first time, records on Project MK Ultra were publicly released. The government had non-consensually drugged and experimented on American citizens in order to test mind control techniques. Perhaps somewhere in an unremarkable filing cabinet, in a nondescript room, the documents with the truth about the Oakville blobs lay, waiting to be discovered. Someday they too could be released. Until then, we can't definitively say what force was behind the Oakville blobs. But in the meantime, it's important to remember, it's not a conspiracy theory if they're really out to get you. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back on Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on the Oakville Blobs, amongst the many sources we used, we found Unsolved Mysteries extremely helpful to our research, as well as Sonny Barcliffe's account of the incident on Medium. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals like Unexplained Mysteries for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. 
to stream Unexplained Mysteries on Spotify, just open the app and type Unexplained Mysteries in the search bar. See you next week. And remember, never take We Don't Know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Trent Williamson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Carly Madden. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Molly Quinlan, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire, and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Thank you.